You're very welcome to Sold the Scene, episode 9. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and I'm joined by Gary Riley. Good evening. And for the moment, Mr. Craig Allen. Hello. And uh, goodbye. Look, we'll get to that in a minute. This is a car podcast. Let's talk about cars. And I've been punting about for the last few days in the Hyundai Ionic 5. The super duper duper one then? Aye, 48 grand. And uh, based on the ultimate, dual, dual motor, 310 horse, 60 and 5.2. Uh, but just just a fantastic car just so well and i'm just fascinated by this ability you can plug things into the car you can because to me it's like a glorified extension i'd imagine you're you know you, you have a lawnmower and you can't reach over to the, the plug in the house you yeah. just drive the car up the garden plug it in uh, totally so head like, trimmer you that, name it. that's well well funnily enough you mentioned head trimmer so rory reed of top gear fame who's now on the auto trader channel and who's joined i think rory reed's joined fifth gear actually but uh rory reed had hedge, hedge trimmers and he's trimming trimming someone's hedge uh, Johnny Smith had one of those inflatable uh, people you see at a car dealership and like the foot of flailing arms yeah. and all this sort of carry on. He plugged one of those out in the middle of a field <laughs> into it. Uh, yeah, so it's just awesome. You can run three and a half kilowatts off that plug. You could run enough. You could run your entire house off it. So you should theoretically be able to run another one? Run another Ionic 5? Yeah. Like the, the Daisy chain them? Well, they're also, I think Matt Watson from Carway had ch- was charging a leaf from the Ionic Five using the granny charger. That, that's so cool! Like that really is. Yeah, that's next level stuff. That, yeah. That's fantastic. I think they're the best. I think they're the best looking EV going. Have you seen the EV Six? The uh, no, Kia I haven't one? seen one of them yet. I haven't seen one of them yet. I don't, I don't think they're out on the road yet, um, but they look really cool as well. They look they look probably cooler than the. Uh, Ionic 5, however, the Ionic 5 has this whole retro thing going on. Some people I know love it, some people think, think no, it's you know, it's just flipping it's something cool about it. So it's all the uh, it, it looks panels. like an integrally, and I yeah. absolutely love that. It's oh. very angular, but it, it works in the futuristic way, yeah. It, it's it's a totally different proportion to integrally. It's like someone took integrally, stuck it in Photoshop, and said, X it's, 45% plus, mm-hmm. please. Yeah, yeah, I nearly got run over by one in the garage a couple of weeks ago, an Ionic 5. And it's a it's a big old boss. It's big, but it's just so cool looking. It's it's like they could redo Back to the Future and throw one of them in. And it's so I know what about an outlet. It's so well designed inside too. It feels so spacious, like it has uh, really random things. Like we'll say, it's obviously flat floor because it's a skateboard architect architecture yeah. with the batteries and the floor and all the rest. But you know, it's a flat floor in the front, so you can kick your passenger if you want. Uh, also, because the center console is sliding like it's on rails, like a chair, so you can slide the whole armrest, cup holder, phone charger, pocket thing out of the way. It's just—it's uh, not the one that has the steering wheel that you can move left and right. No, no, you can't. You can't do that. that. You can actually make it left-hand drive, technically, or right-hand drive. It's—it's it's not that. Or but maybe it, it's a concept. But it does have a funky two-spoke steering wheel, yeah. which is which is kind of awesome. The glove box is like a filing cabinet drawer, which is also very strange. Um, it it's, had, just, it's re- redefining everything, isn't it? You've no transmission tunnel, yeah. You've no steering column, so all this extra space. Uh, you've no engine, obviously. That's the main thing. Yeah. In the front, all, all the yeah. bulk space in the bulkhead is normally taken. You up. you lose a lot of space uh, in the rear, so it seems to be the case. A lot of those cars are rear wheel drive, yeah. so motor in the back. This is all wheel drive, so motor in the back, motor in the front. So it has quite a high uh, boot level. So that's probably where it's slightly compromised, but it's still mm. it's still a good size. It's like five hundred and fifty liters, if that's. It means anything to anyone. Yeah. 
you know so it's you're not I suppose you're not buying one for maximum boot space really are you yeah but no, it's, your your main chain runs but it's more practical than a <laughs> tesla model 3 something you can't put the dog into the back of they start a lot cheaper maybe start about 36 grand for the basic one although it's only 170 brake and then uh there's a 220 brake version um all-wheel drive and a and then that one 310 sort of moving up between 36k and the 48 so what's uh, it needs those needs those funky wheels and i think you only get them on the highest models on the ultimate the other yeah the 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 start and the middle model get the shitty looking wheels and it really really needs those wheels i need to get a photo one up here because i can't remember what the color scheme was was it was it they got kind of two-tone or three-tone or oh, it was like two two-tone yeah with like yeah. it was white with um with this sort of like light gray yeah, trim got, got very dirty our roads are terrible at the moment absolutely terrible so i had to wash it about three or four times every time i took oh, it out yeah, and go and do is. some video i wash it again I wash it again google ionic 5 it sounds like a science fiction show yeah that's just it's so cool yeah. it's uh it's a nice looking car yeah it's great i uh i took the parents out in it for a bite to eat um into belfast and they were just blown away by it um uh, i don't know if the the two ladies in the back enjoyed when i decided to do big launches or nip in between traffic and the m3 or something like <laughs> that you know i just think i plug on their hairdryers in the back yeah but uh, the ultimate, yeah. So SE Connect and then the premium, then the ultimate's the sort of the three trim levels you have. Um, 225 kilowatt is 445 a month, 5,000 miles over four years. So here's not, here's the not, thing, not dangerous. Here's the thing about electric, right? If you can get salary sacrifice through work. That's the way to go. Especially this is this is why loads of company directors are all buying electric cars, right? So it's you've only one percent uh, benefit in kind business business car tax. If you're a forty percent uh, tax rate payer, you can put your lease through your wages, and it comes out pre-tax. So you save forty percent straight away. So you see, right. you, so say say your lease, and I've done the numbers numbers on this. I I got a quote, and it's about four hundred and eighty quid a month for the ultimate, so three ten break. Now it was twenty seven hundred quid down over four years, but forget about the down payment, the twenty seven hundred quid for one. Park that because it's man miles after all. We can do whatever we want. Absolutely, yeah. You're four eighty. Uh, first of all, the company can claim back half the VAT. So your 20% VAT is 100 quid, so it's about 50 quid you claim back. Then you can claim back 40%, or you take the 40% out that it's not costing you because it's coming Mm -hmm. out pre-tax, which -hmm. is another couple of hundred quid. Then if you're on a lease at 12,000 miles a year, which is about 180 quid's worth of diesel a year, doing something 40 miles to the gallon, it nets out at about 60 or 70 quid a month. That's that's getting... Impressive, man. Hang on here. That, <laughs> that's on a wee minute. <laughs> now, now that that depends. Can you get? That's called salary sacrifice. That is, can you get it through your place of work? Are you a top rate uh, taxpayer? If you're on twenty percent rate, you only get twenty percent relief. So it's yeah, you have, yeah. You have various stipulations, but either way, it's that shows what's possible. It's a wee bit unfair actually because the more you're paid. Mm-hmm. The more benefit it is to buy going by. This is why you see company directors going by Porsche Taycans and uh, RSE Trons and stuff like that, and a Model Three performances and 
all that jazz because it is a good tax break. Yeah. Never a big C63 or something like that. Yeah, uh, totally. Like it used to and be. But, but they used to be nailed for uh, company car tax, benefit in kind, which, yeah. as I say, it's only 1%, so it's it's really uh, small at the moment. But it's, it's a way to go. What what about the the Mini? Did you ever ever get anywhere in that front, Craig? Uh, I'm still... I'm still working out the calculations i'm actually starting to record just how much diesel i use and i think it's gonna come out at about had a couple of days off at the start of the month because i turned 40. you and congratulations congratulations old man river um i think it's gonna work out at probably about 230 240 a month in diesel that i'm spending that's pretty serious that mm-hmm. what what is that annually annual mileage 14k a year 15k uh yeah about 14 oh, my man maths so epic it's, it, it is getting to the band mass stage so I'd, I'd be slightly worse off driving the mini i think by the time i have to pay the the mileage on a higher deal yeah but i don't know i'm 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 50 50. i'm like five is the answer you chase that promotion and work and then just go for it I think actually, as much as I love the Ionic Five and I really love the Ionic Five, I would wait for the EV6 GT. Yeah. If I had the money, it's coming out next October, I think, and it's five hundred and fifty horsepower. Like, Super. It won't be slow. It, it yeah. comes back to the Let's, good old uh, badge snobbery at the same time, doesn't it? Well, well, Kia and Hyundai. There's not much badge snobbery there. Yeah. But I was going to say myself. I, like, I, I, I think a, I don't, a Model Y would be the job. Yeah, I see you've just loaded that up. That's a um, good-looking car, too. Model Y, yeah, Model Y, yeah. We're just looking at the pictures of the EV6. We'll post yeah. these in the in the show notes here. It is it's so cool. Looking way that. futuristic next to the, the Ionic. It's, I think it's a more it's a better resolved design than the Ionic. The Ionic, Ionic is, a wee, is like a wee bit... It's a bit more detail, maybe, to the Kia. Yeah, it's a wee bit more finished. Mm-hmm. If, um, yeah. Ionic almost, you know, as nice as it is, there's a bit of a, it's like a concept design that's made it on the road. But the South Koreans know how to do it. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah. EV6 GT. It, I think that's that's where it's at. First good. 577 horsepower. Oh, look at that in red. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put a few photos into the, the uh, notes. Yeah, that's uh, pretty sweet. So, uh, no joy for the Mini yet. Watch this space. No joy. Watch this space. No joy for the minute yet. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know whether I'd like to be slightly worse off and driving a mini, or keep my keep my cheap. Two hundred and forty <laughs> quid a month. And I tell you the other thing too. Uh, servicing, right? We haven't even talked about the fact you wouldn't be paying road tax. What, what about servicing? What? How much is a, yeah. a a service annual service for a Ionic Five? It's about fifty quid. Yeah, and it's it's not fifty quid for a Touareg. Let me tell you, especially as it's getting to be eight years old. I tell you, to, uh... answer me this actually on the topic of service. And obviously, um, electric cars still have the same issues of tires, brakes, all the wear that you get in those. Is there anything has to be done as regards the motors? Sealed units, so for, for life. Sealed, yeah, sealed for life. Batteries are the same. They're in there, there has to be some lubrication in the motors or something that needs done. I don't think so. I think no. they're. Now, uh, will something like that come out of it in the next five or ten years when we start to see cars getting with 150, 200k? But there's yeah. Tesla Model S's in the auto trader there with well over 100,000 miles, mm-hmm. and they're just a steel units. 
more than that, see, because of the regenerative braking, you hardly use your brake pads. So your brake pads, mm-hmm. instead of lasting 30k, last 60k. So yes, you still need tires and all the rest, but there's literally nothing the techs can do apart from check the wipers and fill the washer fluid. Yeah. Nothing, well, I was I was looking at on one of the on the minis. I think it might be mini themselves. They do a service and tire pack for twenty pounds a month. That must be good value. It covers all your servicing and a set of tires. Twenty pound a month. Two forty a year. Two forty a year. So well. Hmm. I don't know. I suppose if you put 14,000 miles in tar- is it real drive? Can you diff it at the weekends? Get your money's worth? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think of the epic hangs you could get off all those roundabouts going to work. It's a mini adventure. Maybe <laughs> mini straight through a fucking fence and be driving it. Whilst you're, you're uh, looking up uh, which wheels are driven on which axle, uh, I tell you the problem that this will cause. I was talking to a dealer about this last week. If you are going through school at the moment and you like cars, but why would you want to be a mechanic? Because by the time you get trained up and all the rest, uh, yeah. internal combustion cars are, as well. are, are... All you can do really is brakes. Are gone. Yeah, Suspension. You, the best spring fitter in the world. I, yeah. I think I heard it's something that like 6% of mechanics are trained on electric cars. I think that came off the the Guy Martin thing. Mm-hmm. Only six percent of UK mechanics are trained in how to work on an electric car, and a lot of that will be a more software type role. So it's like, oh, does it have the right software updates? Is it a sensor issue? Is it that yeah. sort of stuff rather than, you know, does yeah, it... I'm going to plug it in and see what's happening. Yeah, does it doesn't it, it doesn't need like a, a clutch and a dual mass flywheel or anything like that? All all those skills will. They'll not die out, but they will just. People will just be right. I'm, I'm in my thirties or my forties. I've been this all my life. That's what I'm going to be. Still need body work, but uh, you still need body work. A, a, panel, a panel beater, you will be. Yeah, well, you could still be a you could still be a panel beater, especially big panels in those cars. Yeah, they're all huge. It'll go into the it'll go into the type of you know the way if you've got like an old car, you have to go to some old fella who's been doing it and using fucking lead and things like that. It'll be like that when you oh, want to get your... you'll need to take it to that fella. You'll need to take it out. He remembers working with VTEX back in the day. Aye. Yeah, so I have, re- to, have to go and see a specialist. So it works. A smoke a cigar and a big long beard. And- a specialist in Northern Ireland means someone who is like totally inept and can't talk yeah. to people but knows everything about one particular make of car. Engine specialist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ford in- beards. Yeah, just just uh, internal combustion beard. Oh, we need to take it to that guy who knows about pistons and yeah. stuff. Ice, ice beard. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I cannot find out which fucking wheels are the driven. Driven. I'm, I'm gonna suggest it's front wheel drive. Why not? Because all all the other minis are. Because all the other minis are. They're such a short so, wheelbase. You can't imagine they'd be rear wheel drive. Like they'd be snappy wee bastards. If so, but really, depending the car that size, it's really like, different. It depends with the packaging, doesn't yeah. it? Because you get sometimes get a bit of a, bit of a frunk. You could only put up about a hundred, or was it? It's really tiny, wee cubby in the front of the Ionic Five to put stuff. You could a briefcase type size space in it. Yeah. Whereas Tesla, you get a decent space in it. But yeah, front wheel drive, front wheel drive. They are. Well, there you go. So I wouldn't crash it. But I don't know. It's it's a watch this space. My my wife would really like me to get one because she loved the, the Mini Countryman that we had, but she also really loves the Touareg. So. Uh. See what happens. There are no winners. 
Can you see that, Andy, on the TV behind me? Yep. That blue one. Beautiful. Quite nice. Big money. Easy six. Keep scrolling to the right till you get to the GT. It's not out yet. Yeah, it's nice. 21 inch alloy wheels, bucket seats, trimmed in black suede with neon green highlights. Now, hold on. I believe they're doing a big power version of it. In fact, look at the power. So, and we'll post this in the show notes so everyone knows what we're looking at. We're looking at the KV6, some sort of wonderful infographic on the different cars, but the GT is and kilowatts. Oh, annoys me. Want horsepower. But the other cars are 200 and something kilowatts. This one here, at the uh, if you scroll on down to the bottom there, Gary, is, I think it says, yeah, 430 kilowatts. The other ones are 239 kilowatts, 430. I have a feeling that's 570 horse. Isn't that right? Yeah. 577. 577. Five, seven, seven. Not five, the 62 seven. in three and a half seconds, dead. And they're going to put that drivetrain in the uh, in the Ionic 5, I think, as well, in, in some sort of guise yeah. as well. Funny enough, it doesn't mention the range, that one, although the first... One in the, the range, the, the poverty spec model, so to speak, has 316 miles. So I, I love this on the, the infographic. It says 10 to 80% charge in 18 minutes. Yeah, it's more like 10. Well, do you know how much charge I got my granny charger plugged into the 240-volt socket with the Ionic 5? About 9 miles an hour. Oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> kind of slow. 1.3 kilowatts it was generally uh, setting that so it didn't set my garage on fire <laughs> like all the plugs just melted <laughs> so see, no, see, see this thing here listed in the spec the battery heat pump what's that is that the for winter to keep it kind of at some kind of a temperature funny you mentioned this Gary because battery heat hump heat heat hump my humps my humps heat my humps <laughs> my <laughs> battery heat pumps <laughs> <laughs> so the battery heat pump is actually for like very cold countries so it's i think there's under a certain temperature the battery efficiency goes through the floor mm. and people lose their range so the heat pump like warms the batteries up yeah to get to make sure that they run on their proper efficiency but i don't think we need that for like foot operator pump you don't sit like pumping your leg no, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's what i don't think you need it for balmy northern ireland no so. that would be um I think they're putting that into the Ionic 5N or uh, Nionic 5. The Nionic 5. Call this. The Ironic 5. Whatever they're going to call that. The Ironic 5. Whatever they're going to call that when it comes out. So that will probably be the same thing. Yeah. Um, do you know what? The N Division make great stuff. That i30 NA drove was first class. Got back into the RS and went, hmm. I really like the Yaris, but the Hyundai's very, very good as well. Yeah. I was very, very impressed. Yeah. The Yaris is special. Last of the breed. Yeah. True. True. You know, the Yaris is a bit different. Well, until the Corolla comes out, if they do the same thing with it. Yeah. True. If they actually if they actually make this Ionic 5N with the same look, looking the same as some of the concepts that have been drawn, then Wilder, it's absolutely fantastic looking. Yeah. But see as see something as a family mover as well. They're just, they're so comfortable. Like the fact that in the back of the Ionic 5, it had electric seats in the back. You move them backwards and forwards, but heated seats in the back, that sort of stuff. And then the flat floor and loads of headroom. And it was just so comfortable for people just to yeah. be to be punted about in. It's just for a daily driver, absolutely hard to whack. But yeah, the Tesla, yeah. Tesla Model Y, Y, Tesla have opened their order books for that. And they've been cruising about in the States for ages, but there's this been whole, the whole hoo-ha uh, would to be built in the German? Is it the Berlin Gigafactory, and then it's going to be built in the Shanghai Gigafactory, the right-hand drive ones, and then I think they're being built in Shanghai. 
which also shockingly have apparently producing the best quality Teslas yet. So the Chinese are taking right. over the world. But uh, yeah, they start at 46 Gs for the long range. You can't get the standard range plus in the... No, they start at 55, sorry. 55 for the long range, yeah. Big rent. 55 and 65 for the performance. Yep, 55 and 65. So, um, and apparently are quite hard in the road, but still much want. Much yeah, want. They're, they're very cool looking. Very, very cool looking. Are they? All the Teslas, all the Teslas oh, are kind no, of cool looking. With a frog face? Mm, yeah, I like it. I like that they've gone, you know what? Fuck putting the grill in so it makes the integration to electric a wee bit easier. This is what it looks like. If you don't like it, fuck it, buy one. Buy something else. I don't know, but when you see them next to those cars we just looked at, they look a little bit bland because there's so much detail in them. 100%. I think the Ionic yeah. 5 is a far more interesting. Although, and saying that, the, the Tesla Roadster that you keep seeing photos of, but which hasn't appeared yet, does look amazing. Yeah. The little coupe thing that they're, they're bringing out. So uh, I think that uh, well, Musk has created this aura of awesomeness, like like the po- the the picture of the uh, Model Three I posted up on RMS with the uh, SpaceX red sticker on the back of it, because that's the, yeah. that's the type of people that attracts. But I it attracts me also. Yeah, I would, Stupidly. I would very much like one, but huge money. Yeah, but that, money. it's 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 all about the monthlies. All the way the monthlies. The monthlies aren't aren't brilliant, to be fair. No, no. Well, well, is a Model Three that much more than the Ionic? Probably not. Someone on the forum pointed out that Tesla do a loan thing. It was on Pete's thread actually. Let's see. Yeah, we'll post a link to Pete's thread. So Pete Gilchrist from PMG Auto Care. You think he's? Uh, getting a free plug here but his uh, model 3 performance with the kit and all on it and those those wheels it just looks uh, absolutely incredible i think the whole pricing thing it's yes, all leading down a, a lane uh, ultimately towards you know the, this thing that they've spoke about where you won't ever actually want a car yeah you'll lease it in some it shape was, or form hand it back to give it, you a new one it was kvm the tesla 72 month loan would be hard to whack for value surely well, the Tesla 72-month loan is £9,000 down and 865 a month. Oh, my God. For 72 months. That sounds like worstdeals.com. 72 yeah. months. That, Seven years. 72 months, 865 a month, and nine grand down. It's the golden handcuffs, not the golden handshake. Does it come with a semi-detached that, house to park it at? <laughs> that, is a, that is a pummeling. I was going to build a carport for it. I can't afford it now. <laughs> Speaking of uh, taking a pummeling, Craig, you have a bit of uh, news for us. Yeah, I've uh, I've decided that I am no longer going to do the podcast. Craig, how could um, you do this to us? I know. Um, work's just snowing me under, and because I've turned 40 recently, I'm trying to look after myself a little bit better, which unfortunately means exercising a little bit more. So I don't have as much free time as I did have. And what free time I do have, I, I need to rest. And to be perfectly honest, doing this scares the shit out of me. <laughs> well, do you know it what? Really, it really does. You honestly never came across as terrified. No, definitely not. Doesn't, like, you say that and it seems like the most natural thing to you. Abs- absolutely shitting myself 
prior to every episode until I sit down in this seat and accept the Zoom meeting. Absolutely shitting myself. Flip me. Well, we don't want just, you. We don't want you to feel uncomfortable. Just not. Just oh, was the, the fact that like our third or second guest was Jason Barlow, a proper motoring journalist, and I'm sitting here going, "This guy's like famous as fuck," and I have to ask him a question, and it can't be stupid because he's famous as fuck. <laughs> and my brain just went, "Nah, can't help you." But that was a brilliant show. You may think of something just said. Was it, was it not? Has it, it not? Was it not interesting to me? I, I think it's the, one of the best things about this podcast is you get to sit down and and I've learned more about you than uh, I ever wanted to know, especially with your smelly trainers behind you. <laughs> but uh, that's what it, I love about it, the, it was, a, a, about doing it this. Was you get fantastically these... interesting. But I mean, in at one point, and Jason actually pointed it out, I hadn't said anything for half an hour. <laughs> He, he, he was a talker, in fairness. I hadn't said a word for half an hour because I was just going, I, I don't know what to ask this guy. I am so far out of my depth here. It's not funny. So, unfortunately, the, the pre-show stress just can't continue. Well, so it has been an absolute pleasure to have you and yeah. I really appreciate all... Like, I know you have put a stack of work into the show and all the research and all the rest and I wish you all the best in the, in the new Banger Cruise podcast that you're probably sneaking off to do and start ne- launch next week because you've decided actually it's secretly awesome and you're going to you're going to bring back the old gang and uh, you're going you're gonna to get buy the Caligra back and you're going to relive old memories you're going you're gonna to get the Fintanish show restarted I'm going to get Fintanish back Sunday nights are coming back everything I'm going to get my jacket back on again no it's it has been it's been really good fun being involved in it and you get to speak to some brilliant people like Bob Flavin last time a huge Bob Flavin fan and I got to have a chat with him about just cars and shit Bob was, and abs- was absolutely amazing if, uh, definitely worth a listen to if you haven't listened to it yet it's the last uh, the last show Gary you missed that last show but don't worry we recorded it all you can listen to it whenever you want I hope to catch up on it I feel uh, quite embarrassed that I'm uh, on the Hosts on the podcast and I haven't listened to the last one yet. But yeah, the last one's really uh, yeah. Too many commitments over the last few weeks, but I will well, catch up on it this week. He was brilliant. Here, like I told you from the start, I haven't actually listened to the podcast yet. That's how generally uncomfortable it makes me doing it. I haven't listened to. You one. Never listened to it. Uh, you see, nope. So you should go and listen to it and then come back and see if you've changed your mind. Yeah, yeah. But you, <laughs> some some day in the future you'll be listening to going. Oh, that's really cool. I'll, I'll be listening to it going. That guy vaguely sounds like me, but he hasn't said anything for 45 minutes, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, there he is again. He's talking about mini EVs. <laughs> there he is again. He's mentioned the fucking mini EV again. It's a bit of heavy breathing in the corner. <laughs> that's, that's what it was like. So, well, like, No, and, and unfortunately, I have, to, I have to stop. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. And, um, yeah, 100%. It's been absolutely great crack. You will be sorely missed. And it, It's been... It's been great fun. It really has. When I'm doing it, sitting down for the, the two hours and actually doing the show is fun. The build up to it. It's not for not, you. Not for me. It's not for me. It's, it's just a stress fest. Well, you're leaving the door open. You're leaving a, you're leaving a, a seat that uh, at one stage we may look to fill. And leaving a seat and a very fancy microphone stand. A very fancy microphone stand. I think it was £8 on Amazon. 
Yeah, once it, it, once it, it got that, he signed out. Kill someone. <laughs> it, yeah, that, that spring it's could just very fancy. That that's where all the stress comes from. You're worried about that spring taking you out. <laughs> it, yeah, it could take out someone's eye. Very easy. Craig, it's been absolute, be my eye. absolute pressure. Uh, good luck in all your future endeavours, as people say, as you be, as you relax into old age. Well, you can you can find me on the forum being a dick to people yes. anonymously. Anonymously, just. <laughs> just, not, just not in person, or on, on yeah. We'll see. We'll see in the form, so, and hopefully yeah. now uh, you'll listen to a few of the episodes and give us a bit of feedback on there. There's a very good chance I will now start listening to the podcast. Yeah. Oh dear, I don't know if I could uh, put up with uh, your critique. Well, who's going to be the grumpy bastard now? Hmm. Is the question. Just don't, not not going to have one on, on the show. I, I can try and take over. Can't make any promises. It's going to be both super upbeat. Yeah, totally. Not complaining about their weekly diesel bill. It's pretty. It's, it's worth complaining. It is pretty. Honest. It is pretty grim. You see the price of fuel at the moment: one forty two, one forty three a liter. Yeah, All time high. It's terrible. Yeah. It is. It is absolutely uh, grim. Well, on on that happy note. On that happy note. Goodbye. Farewell. Of it is in adieu. Adios, amigo. Take care of yourself. Okay, so now that Rock was gone, we can talk about our trip to the NEC Classic Car Show next month, which we would have invited him to if he hadn't left the podcast. I'm looking forward to it even more now. <laughs> See, you don't hang around, do you? He's only <laughs> gone two minutes. So, yeah, uh, we're heading over next month. Myself, Andy, Phil D, Pablo. Try to talk with around it, but as usual, he's have none of it. Um, it's the UK's largest indoor car show. It's held in the NEC every year. It's over uh, 1 million square feet of indoor ground space covered by cars. It's the equivalent of 18 football pitches. So anyone who's ever been will know that there is so much to see at it. There's numerous owners' clubs uh, covering both cars and bikes, numerous exhibitor stands, lots of new car releases. Uh, you'll see things like the last time we went, the, the new TVR Griffith was on display, along with some new Porsches. There's a restoration theatre where they'll do live restoration of classics. Uh, you can watch the experts in action there. There's a couple of driving areas. There's arrive and drive. Uh, we can pay for runs in classic cars. I think they take in a, a four-mile run on roads around the NEC. And then this year, there's also a dream drive where the proceeds go to charity. Uh, there's a number of trade stands, and they have a live stage as well, which uses some motoring celebrities. So I think Mick Breuer and Dan Stead, Tiffany Dale, those kind of people. <clears throat> and then there's also the Silverstone auctions where you'll find some very special low mileage classics and modern classics. I've put a list of some of them on RMS, which is far from exhaustive. But there's a 300 mile RS4 and RS Focus with 300 miles as well. And then they have an R22B Subaru, lots more. Some really special stuff. So I can only say, if you've never been to the show, make a point of going. I've been now, I'd say, probably nine or ten times. You've been over a couple of times, Andy. Yeah, uh, you can make a full weekend of it, or you could just go over for the day, and it's it's so handy. You fly into Birmingham Airport, uh, the NEC is right next door to that way, so you don't even have, have to get a taxi or a train. Uh, you can go straight from the airport to the NEC and straight back home that evening if you desire. Well, it, it's a brilliant show. I I remember being at it maybe twenty seventeen, seeing an RS five hundred do one hundred and twenty five grand in the Silverstone auctions and being blown yeah. over. I can only imagine with we are in peak crazy prices at the moment oh that you, you you'll see some crazy stuff going on at the auction and it, it is very entertaining because they've it set up in such a way you can stand and watch auctions and there's cars on display there's people bidding in the flesh but there's also 
a huge amount of people bidding online from all around the world. Yeah. And you see the prices just being driven up and driven up. Yeah, it's um, it's unreal. And as you say, so a great, a great weekend. Yeah, a good weekend, not just for the cars. If you go over and make a weekend of it, obviously you'll head out in Birmingham for a few drinks and a few bites. Few bad states, hopefully most most of the nights that we're there. Yeah, top tip: don't if you go for a weekend, don't overdo it on the first night out in Birmingham. No, you have, as you said, was it? What did you say? A million square feet of exhibition space. Yeah, you, you have sore legs, but enough. It's and, and a and a very sore head if you have yeah. have a big head on from the 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 night before. But uh, yeah, it's it's some spot. I can't. I I just can't wait. Uh, did it run last year? It didn't run last year, no, uh, because of COVID, obviously. But every other year it has been on. Um, I think normally we head on on Friday around noon and you can easily walk around to six o'clock and then go on Saturday and do nine to six. Yeah. And just about to see it all, you know. Yeah. So, and, you know, the first time I went, I was under the impression it's it's a classic show. It's going to be a lot of old Ford Anglias and stuff from the 40s and 50s, but it's not that at all. There's a huge amount of modern classics, the kind of stuff that RMS folk are just into. Yeah. Um, lots of motorbikes, as I mentioned, lots of new stuff as well. So something for everyone. Yeah. Oh, no, I... Uh I can't wait. It's it's great that uh, some of these shows are starting back. I don't think actually they're doing the Geneva Motor Show, which is normally in sort of January time, or sorry, February, March time. I don't think it's happening next year, so it's great to see that uh, the classic show is on. So it's the 12th to the 14th of November, just, yep. Yep. just a couple of weeks away. And oh, I just uh, absolutely cannot, cannot wait. Yep, something to look forward to. I was over... Um, in England there uh, a couple of weeks ago wife and I were taking a week off and spent it around the Cotswolds and it just so happened that I had booked to go and see the new Lotus Amira uh, in uh, Rydale nice to be nice Rydale Lotus which is also Rydale McLaren and Rydale Rolls Royce so an absolutely awesome spot to go and see what is really the development mule for the new car Mm -hmm. so uh, I'll, I posted the article on RMS anyway, so I'll, I'll post the link in the show notes and there's loads of pictures of it as well. But it was uh, a static development mule. I couldn't drive it. So all you could do was look, look around it. And when I say it was a development mule, like it, it was it was a finished car, but a lot of the carts were... A lot of the carts, a lot of the parts. Was that, I was about to ask you how close, aesthetically, was it to the uh, production version that you'll Pr- buy? Pretty pretty close. So although all the parts were like they're either laser cut or 3D printed or whatever else, mm-hmm. it it was pretty much the full um, the full thing. Uh, so strangely, you couldn't open and close the doors. Obviously, you couldn't start it. I don't think there was anything to start. Um the seats were really hard for some reason that uh, the seats were in the wrong position. You couldn't move them, and the whatever that stuffed inside them was flipping rock solid. So that was probably the only the only letdown to something that, was, if you look at the pictures of it, the Amira it's nearly it's nearly two meters wide, so it's getting on to the width of like a four eighty eight Ferrari or something like that. And it just has that yeah. low sleek profile. Yeah. It is just totally arresting when you look at it. We were talking about the Sarah there. It has a real junior supercar look in my eyes. You know, yep. just, it's, it's obviously drawn inspiration from many different cars. You can see bits of yeah. McLaren, bits of Ferrari and so on, but very much Lotus and the DNA. But I've taken a big punt. Like I've I've put two deposits down now. Um, thankfully, all re- they're all refundable at this stage, but mm-hmm. in uh, January, I have to make my final payment up to make it up to 10% of the, of the car's value to order it. So... Uh, I think I'm going to stick with it, even though I'm not going to be able to drive the thing until probably my car arrives, because I don't think there's even going to be any demo demonstrators and dealerships until 
probably after my car is delivered because I'm hopefully within the f- top 500-ish in the, U- in what, the UK. What's your waiting time? They say spring, but I think realistically maybe June, July or yeah. something like that there. And I know better in the in the early new year. But uh, so The Yaris will be getting hammered in the next six months. Uh, yeah, I know. So uh, I'm still pretty lucky to have, have the Yaris. It was... Uh, Strange as well, when I was away, I got a message from a guy saying, oh, thinking of buying a GT4, uh, any advice and all the rest? And I'm like, well, I'm actually overlooking this. By mine? Yeah, well, I, I didn't really get that far, but like, that's where it's maybe gone to. That yeah. uh, I um, I said, well, look, I'm actually overlooking another car here. And he says, oh, could I, could I see yours? And so he's mm-hmm. come and see it. So watch the space. The, there could be a, a space in the garage. And then, but, and then I was thinking, well, what if it's nine months before the Lotus comes? Maybe would I want to buy something else in between times? But you just can't buy nothing. The price of stuff it's, is crazy. Yeah, it's great if you're selling. Not so good if you're buying, isn't it? And yeah. Who knows where it's going to go? As you say, in uh, eight or nine months, everything can be a little bit different. Yeah. You know? So if you have the R share, like I, I think you should just hold on that and bank the money. Yeah. And write it out, you know. Yeah, well, that's, that's possibly the plan, especially as we were saying there, and the, the, the price of fuel and the price of everything at the moment, mm-hmm. you know. We just pull the horns in for a minute or two and uh, be happy with what I have because I'm pretty fortunate with what I what I have. That's it. Right, yeah, you know, most people might might have just the one car and it might just be a yours. But F- first, first word problems. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and when we were over there, we were uh, staying in the Cotswolds, which is a abs- Have you ever been that part of the world? It's absolutely no. Absolutely beautiful. I've never been until until we went away. It was just want to go somewhere. Didn't want to fly, so um, we drove down. Um, actually, went to track day at Castle Coombe mm-hmm. sadly was in the white diesel Q3 so we didn't take it out <laughs> for a few laps but that's a really cool place a lovely, a lovely wee village as well where they filmed uh, War Horse great Spielberg oh, yeah, film yeah, that's yeah. awesome but the, the track's the track's cool as well but one thing we were worried about and part of the reason we took the Q3 was the fuel shortages mm, the, now, fuel, now the infamous fuel crisis well it seems to be dying down a bit but uh, we brimmed the Q3 before we went down. It had about 600 miles range and cruised down the M6 and sort of saw you could get diesel, no problem. But uh, in the services, it was about 155 a litre, which mm-hmm. is just crucifying. So we sort of waited and went, we'll wait till we get right down into the Cotswolds and saw a few places, 145 litre. And then, of course, the uh, the miser comes out and he's like, oh, we'll get somewhere, it'll be 139. We'll see a 4P litre. <laughs> oh, push, yeah. Pushing uh, on. And then the next next thing you're down to 50 miles range and, and then you roll in somewhere and you roll up to the pump yeah. and it looks like all the pumps are available and it's like, no, all the diesel pumps are sold out and have the yellow sign. But don't worry, the BP Ultimate pump at 165 litres of available. <laughs> Available or unleaded. Oh, like, your worst nightmares, really. If I'd brought the Yaris, which was only at about 350 miles range, I could have got petrol anywhere. Mm. Petrol was no problem. Diesel, you were sort of, depending on you were, one and three or one and four petrol stations had mm-hmm. it. So you could get it fine as long as you weren't a dick and just ran yourself out of range. Yeah, just, just gambling. I, I have this awful tendency and I've always had it to, you know, from down and the, the fuel light's on and you've got 10 miles left. And I see a fuel station up ahead or a petrol station, and it might be another side of the road. And I just will keep going, thinking that'll be one of my side, you know, and there's less traffic. Yeah, and yeah. Get in and, out, and you just keep pushing it, and you end up being stuck or something out there. But I've done it all my life, and it's an awful habit to get out of. Do you know, on, on a separate note, the RS, RMS meets sometimes are done on the uh, Apple Green between mm-hmm. Belfast and Lisburn. Yeah. But it's always on the countrybound side, and I'm mm. coming down into Lisburn, have to go the whole fucking way into. <laughs> Stockman's Lane, drive the whole way out again. Like Twenty miles, just get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First world problems, 
but uh, I don't mind because the the meat's good crack. But uh, yeah, so it was um, a bit annoying that the, the the running cost of stuff, and I don't know is that going to have a, an effect on the sales of cars or what people are buying are they going to think well do you know what I don't really want to run something that only does 20 miles to the gallon even though they've got full U- COVID YOLO you know yeah but the whole fuel crisis thing though it was hard to kind of get a read on it because <clears throat> you, so many different opinions online Cause people, obviously it was real like there, there were people queuing the forecourts you saw it yourself and they'd run out but people were queuing because they genuinely thought we're not going to be able to get fuel and was that real or not that's the question I a, act- lot of, a lot of opinions were that the media were just making you know big headlines out of it and that was it that definitely the media were big a lot worse and i never saw a queue none none really? no right. no queues but i i saw the odd time where someone rolled up to a pump, right. pump and then like oh yeah big yellow sold out flipping yeah. thing over the over the pump but that that was really the worst of it i think it was around london maybe maybe built up parts of cities so there was a there was plenty of footage of queues and things and there was even fights breaking out and i think some guy pulled a knife and someone just oh, to try and get a bit of petrol which never ends well for anyone but uh, the, the, the oil companies themselves had say, said there was plenty of petrol, but the issue was drivers. They didn't have enough tanker drivers. There were around 100,000 drivers short, apparently. Being and an HG driver at the moment, oh my goodness, you can just command any price whatsoever. You would think, uh, I think the problem was that uh, you have to have um, special uh, t- type of qualification to drive a fuel tanker as opposed to a normal HGV. So you have, need to have your so class one plus, yeah. plus something else. So they were, they were drafting in military personnel and trying to get uh, short-term visas out just to get tanker drivers from other countries. And I think the shortage really stemmed from uh, a mixture of COVID and Brexit issues and also just some drivers were retiring during those periods and weren't able to replace them. That that was a problem too, wasn't it? That the mm-hmm. whole uh, training thing as well. In fact, the memes were flying about the place about, yeah. you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jim here's just passed his class one and like the, the, the half of the whole back of the, mm-hmm. t- of the lorries crushed. <laughs> Lisa standing there with his uh, certificate, looking very pleased with himself because they'll just literally take anyone. Boris shaking hands with him. But uh, yeah, I uh, it's mad. Although are we starting to see the end of the shortage of new cars? I th- I get the feeling that things are starting to move. They're either starting to move again, or think, or the sales are starting to slow down, or something's happening in the market. I I get the feeling, and, and the yardstick is the price you get for something on the wee by any car. I think that's peaked. You know, I, I wonder is that a false flag though? It's not maybe the best yardstick to judge by. You know, because we buy any car, we're notoriously fickle anyway. You'll they'll give you a price and then mark it down for a scratch on a, a mirror. True, by a few thousand. You know, well, so. that that is true, but they are are owned by, and I I know that as much as I use the auto trader, you you're you're a BCA. I'm a aficion- BCA man, free and free. I'm on it every day. I'm a nosy aficionado, and I've, between uh, that and Cinch and all the rest, they're they're just buying up everything, and I. Uh, I think that their prices are just starting to to thaw a bit. Well, funny enough, like my, my my brother works in the family business. He would buy quite a lot of stuff free BCA for stock, but he just he said it's been very very difficult over the last few months to get any stock at all. Mm-hmm. So if BCA own we buy any car, they're obviously trying to buy stock and then maybe push it through the auctions to get it resold. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Three. sold on the forequarter, else sometimes sold through the auction, but. They're obviously having the same problem as everyone else. They just can't get their hands on enough stuff. They own that uh, Cinch brand as well for like yeah. the, the direct sales as well. But um, And uh, as I mentioned the other day, too, even the likes of the, the big dealerships, um, one of my colleagues in work was approached to resell his uh, two-year-old 340i BMW back to Bavarian. Mm-hmm. And like they offered him a, a crazy deal, crazy good deal for him yeah. just to get it back. He was maybe um, making money out of the whole thing, was he? 
Uh, I can't say I don't want to say too much. It's his business, but yeah, he's he's done well out of it, and he's getting a good deal on a replacement car that he wanted to get from them. Yeah, no, I, I'm hearing stuff about so. people getting their money back after from the dealer yeah. after two or three years. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah. It's not. So on a related note, and it, it pains me to say this as uh, a self-confessed electric car hater, uh, best-selling car in the UK for the first time ever in September was a, an electric vehicle, a Tesla Model Three. They sold six thousand eight hundred seventy-nine units. I'd sell on everything else. Um, Vauxhall Corsa came second, BMW 3 Series in third place, and then... Who's told by a Corsa? Loads of people, apparently. Loads and loads. Oh, shit. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm actually more surprised that the BMW 3 Series is in there in third place, because, you know, as a premium car, it'll be obviously a bit more expensive than the others, but they're selling really well. I was going to say... There's no Audi A4 or any other kind of competitor, no less, no Lexus or Alfa Romeo or anything else. I was going to say exactly the same thing about the Model 3, starting at 40 grand and nearly 7,000 units. Uh, but then maybe that's shifted. the incentives, as like Rocco was mentioning, uh, you know, the company incentives. True. These aren't just private sales, these are just overall sales in the UK. The other thing is that Tesla did not suffer the same chip issues that a lot of other manufacturers did. I, I, True, I, yeah. I think, was it, uh, I was reading that whenever the chip issues were happening and their supplier says that we can't, we can't supply the chips, a lot of manufacturers will, those are the only chips that will work because their software is designed to yeah. run on it. Whereas Tesla was just like, we'll just buy chips from somewhere else that, and um, we'll just rewrite our software to work with yeah. those chips and yeah. away they went. They, ad- they adapted. Um, and in fact, did I see, was it the CEO or one of the high ups of VW had uh, Musk on as a guest with one of all, like they did a big executive conference for 2,000 of their executives and brought Musk along and said, look, this is an example like this, the way they dealt with the chip shortage. This is, this is how mm. a company like VW needs to move. Yeah. And it was interesting, actually, uh, because of the amount of electrification that other manufacturers are. You'd think, well, they're obviously in com- competition, but it was nice that they were uh, talking to each other, mm-hmm. especially when it's interesting as well that you could argue that Volkswagen were the ones that caused the move to electrification because of Dieselgate. Anyway, I'm, get, I'm, getting a, I'm getting away down the, the no, rabbit it's, hole it's, here. No, that's a good point. And uh, it was a, definitely a big, a big driver towards towards electrification. Yeah, like if they... Yeah. Uh, because a lot of, of people lost, just lost confidence in them. Yeah, yeah, totally. So special mention on that list, I suppose, will go to uh, Toyota and Volkswagen and Kia, who all have two cars each in the list of uh, best-selling cars in September. Well, the Yaris is up there, but it's not GR Yaris. Um, I, I can't I believe I wonder, yeah, because your GR Yaris isn't really... A Yaris underneath? No, it's not. No. Not, not. Not like the, the, the Yaris that your granny would buy, anyway. No. But the numbers seem very low, so just um, just re- I'm just going to steal the numbers from your list here. Yeah. Se- about 7,000 Teslas, about 5,000 courses, about 5,000 3 Series, 4,000 Yaris's. Those numbers seem, to me, seem really small. Like, it's a totally different year, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they're, I think, overall, they're down about 40% over the last 10-year average. You know, so um, you could you could throw in many reasons for that, I guess. There's obviously COVID has been a, a major factor in car sales, but also just second-hand models seem to be, as I was just saying, they're hard to get. They seem to be selling really well at the mm-hmm. moment, so maybe that's driving down new car sales. People are up to go for uh, lightly used cars or slightly used cars. Well, at, you know. at, at the moment, for me, it, it actually seems to be better value to go and buy a new car. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the depreciation is pretty much, especially if you're buying something that is 
a low run number. It's the depreciation is non-existent. But you have to wonder too. There's people who buy cars, and it's it's a, it's a very long term thing. They might give them six, seven years before yeah. they change. And maybe there's a lack of confidence there. Maybe they're at the stage now. Since should we buy this petrol or this diesel if everyone's going to electric cars in a couple of years? Mm-hmm. You know, so they might be holding out and buying something secondhand. One of the one of the things that's really held back the used car market. So there's obviously the the chip shortage and all this hurt new cars, and you're not getting that same influx. Mm-hmm. But someone say like uh, Europe car, one of the higher car places, you know, so you'd have people flying in the business trips and, and hopping in a higher car and doing a lot of miles in it. So Europe car would be going by, you know, five, ten, twenty thousand cars a year or something like that. Yeah. Plus all the other f- uh, higher car agencies, uh, company fleet, yeah. fleet vehicles and all the rest. And that's, that, a big, that's a big portion. That's a huge driver yeah. for the for the whole market. If the market's not getting that input, it's like a whole machine. Yeah. And the cogs just aren't turning the same way as What's that? There's a knock on effect from everything. Yeah. So uh so yeah, so people are buying uh, Tesla model uh, model threes, unbelievable. I'll be interesting to come back maybe in six months and uh, look at the figures, you know, then and compare them to these and see if it's gone up any. Yeah. Yeah. Or has the uh, you know has it changed or is is electric gonna go through the through the roof, certainly looking the uh, you know go in the auto trader and pick electric cars. It used to be there used to be a thousand cars for sale. But about a year ago, you'd be a thousand second hand cars for sale. Now it's about five or yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. I think it surprised me maybe more about the list is that you tend to see quite different models, um, kind of branch closer together. There, you know, if, if I see a Vauxhall Corsa selling five thousand units, I would expect almost to see a Fiesta at number three or number four, something similar. Well, you've, you've a similar amount, but you have a Polo at number seven. Yeah. Uh, which I suppose is an uh, Igo, much smaller, uh, and then the Gulf side stuff, number nine, Kia Niro. Yeah. But you have a Corsa there, and then below it, a, a three series, and then a Nissan Qashqai, um, and then a Kia Sportage, an SUV down below it. So they're all quite different. But surprised actually, there's no Ford in the list at all, and some of the other big names that you would expect to see as well. Yeah, yeah. I thought someone like uh, the they're they're kind of bargain basement, but I kind of like them now. The the Datches. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Dacia Duster with, with the uh, the terrible... Highly uh, affordable. Yeah, yeah. Another, another one of them bites the Duster, uh, flipping <laughs> horrendous ad. Uh, I thought, though, you see quite a lot of those out in the road, and I think they're, they're, a, they're a good seller if you just want something cheap and cheerful. In fact, I think Richard Meaden, uh, an Evo, is running a long-termer Dacia Duster, isn't he? And he really yeah, likes it. He's a he, like I've read Evo a long time, as you know, I'm a big massive fan of it. Um he's a really, really interesting journalist, I have to say, because he's the guy you get a sense that he's not concerned about how exclusive the car is, how much it costs or you know, if it's a supercar or not. Like he will have a Bentley as a long term car mm-hmm. for six months and then it'll be in something like that. The duster, and then uh, it could be in a McLaren, and he, then in a Volkswagen Polo. He had an Euro. Insignia GSI or an Insignia yeah. Elite or something really. But no matter what it is, he, he will just look for its best qualities yeah. and write something really good about it. And you know, he will be totally honest. Uh, he's obviously a guy who enjoys driving. I think he has a, a 106 for LA locked away, plus a 964 RS, which he bought back before the, the prices went absolutely insane. You know, but um, it's, always, it's, it's always interesting reading about stuff he got there. It's maybe even more interesting reading about things like the duster that he has. Mm-hmm. And he's he's having to write about it and pull out all the dynamic qualities he can find. It's maybe easy to write about something like a McLaren because it'll just blow you away every time you go out in it. Yeah. Not so much the duster. It, it's easy to become a badge now. What's interesting to be yeah. talking about, uh, you know, there's, there's certain people that if you'd say, oh, like Kia or Hyundai, they would just sort of turn up their nose. And, I, yeah. and then I'm like... These these guys make 
the second best to probably Tesla electronic electric cars on the market. Yeah. So they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They definitely do. They've yeah. they've they've went from zero to hero. Uh, so what else we're going to chat about in car sales? Oh, and other news that uh, no one cares about: <laughs> struggling Sang Young oh. are to be sold for just 170 million pounds. So I'd say if our, everyone in our mess lumped together, we could almost have bought them. Flip 170 million. That was incredibly. It's, it's nothing for a car company. Generous. You know, uh, they're being bought by Korea bus maker Edison Motors. He specialises <laughs> no, in that. North Korea Motors. <laughs> motors. <laughs> North Korea Motors. <laughs> Is that outside uh, Garva or somewhere? <laughs> no, I think it's just north of Randallstown. Yeah. Uh, apparently they specialise in electric and hybrid buses and they're ex- they have plans to expand the electric cars. So they've bought Sanyong and probably want to do something special. That, that would be a typical Northern Irish dealership name. Right, I sell Kia and Hyundai, but I'm in the north of Ireland, so I'll, so I'll call myself North Korea Motors. <laughs> <laughs> and have no idea if the, uh, the irony of that... And uh, if if the guy that ran it was called Kim, that would just be uh, <laughs> the icing on the cake, wouldn't it? Of a nice bowl haircut. Yes. Uh, so, so, yeah, run, so, so, so runery. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a strange coincidence that uh, 80 or 90 years after their deaths, we're going to see both Edison and Tesla Motors competing for car sales, <laughs> electric cars. Uh, so, but both men, obviously, a lot of those uh, geniuses in the field of electricity, amongst other things. Oh right, uh, uh, Edison probably have some some way to go yet before they're uh, you know spoken in the same regard as Tesla. <laughs> unreal, unreal. Uh, any other shoddy uh, car news? I I heard that there was uh, there was news of trying to resurrect Saab. Is there as an EV manufacturer, which I think would be awesome. That'd be great. Okay. There's I, a lot of love for Saab. There's, I, that, there's that thread in RMS with uh, just photos of Saabs, and their car I never really was interested in or noticed until uh-huh. I got a bit older and now I look at them and think that's they've got a really unique style and there's something good about it. I, I love the turbos my, were awesome. My nine nine three estate was yeah. was only a couple of grand's worth of daily hack like dog car, you know, yeah. but uh very practical. Okay, it was a vector underneath, you know, but, but that mean meant it was cheap to to fix and all the rest and it. Yeah. it was just quirky and Swedish inside and, and different. And and different, yeah. The, the best thing about it, it had this what they call the night panel button, and you pressed it and it turned off all the gauges and everything else. Just made it uh, super dark because they were trying to get this whole aviation theme. Aye. So, uh, but yeah, um, I always be... I always follow them kind of as Volvo's kind of weird cousin. Yeah, you know, it's a member of the family somehow. But well, look at Volvo now; they are well, like oh, they've they've top premium. Head. Yeah, yeah. So like that's <clears throat> that's where I look at Lotus and I think well, if Geely can do what they did with uh, Volvo. To Lotus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I'm in safe hands with this with this yeah. Amira. So I'm I'm really placing all my my faith and my pound notes in their yeah. in uh, their care. The girl I work with bought a an XC XC40, the new Volvo the other day, mm-hmm. and had a look around it. Like a really really nice, really well finished and quite funky inside. And it's it's a small SUV, I guess how you would describe it, but definitely would put you in mind for one. Did they buy, did you buy a petrol or diesel? A diesel, good because yeah. uh, the in-laws bought a petrol. Uh, petrol turbo is like a 15 turbo or something like yeah. that there it does like high 20s to the gallon and it's like hey, my GT4 and a run will do 30 to the gallon <laughs> they are disgusted with the fuel economy is it a small engine or is that like one uh, we'll put, I think it's 1.5 turbo. turbo it's like 150 so brake or something like that or 180 brake they're probably run like very high pressure yeah, probably a high-pressure turbo one up. Just to try and get the power out of it. So, uh, yeah, they are absolutely disgusted with the... Um, so buy a, buy a D3 or D4. Yeah, something uh, with a torque. I think they do, a, they do an all-electric 
uh, XC40. There is, there's a, there might be a hybrid of some kind. I'd have to Google it. I'm not too sure. Don't, I don't, I just don't do that. Don't do the hybrids. They're here. There must be more interesting things to talk talk about uh, anyway. What else, what else do we have? What's What else is on your list? What's been happening the last while? Uh, Gordon Murray's T50. Oh, it's awesome. That, it's just, it's amazing. That's the closest road car in terms of noise that I've ever heard in F1 car. Uh, it has a four liter, what was it, Cosworth V12. Revs to 12,100 RPM. Now, you know me, I'm, I'm a Honda head, always have been. Yeah. And when we had our VTEX and Integra Type R's revving the a shale under 9,000, yeah. we thought you couldn't go much higher than that. Yeah. Screaming at setup. So imagine another 3,000 RPM on top. Yeah, unreal. It's getting close to like probably what motorbikes are doing. Or yeah, it's, it's just an absolute um, halo car, isn't it? And yeah, and there's a, a few videos that was out at Goodwood. Um, Ex IndyCar NASCAR champion Dario Franchitti took it out for a run, and uh, you just you just have to go on YouTube and have a listen. I'm sure you can probably drop a few audio clips into this and let people hear it. I'll I'll, I'll drop in the audio yeah. uh, of it. Uh, Doesn't it sound like a real car? I'd say it'll be fairly sharp too. It's 650 horsepower from a four-liter V12, and it actually weighs less than the McLaren F1 did. I think I think we'll post some links to the show notes. Um, yeah. In this, uh, the um, one of the uh, Dario had been out testing the there was a mule based on a on some other car running that engine recently, wasn't there? Yeah, was it the Ultima? Yeah, they yeah. thrown it in Ultima, so it was, right. it was kind of weird looking, but it was. Um, and then they had a pre-production version of the T50 itself actually out the, as well. The big fan, of, if, if anyone's listening, and you, uh, this car has a huge fan at the back. This is all to do with the ground force, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. literally sucking it's itself to the sucking ground. Sucking right But it is, it, it is a wee bit strange to have this like pedestal fan stuck to the back of it. Do you think it'll catch on? Do you think people will be like reading uh, the equivalent of Max Power and saying, well, sure, we'll stick this on the back of my Tesla? I don't know. It remains to be seen, you know, how effective it is. I'm, I'm sure it's very effective if Gordon Murray's behind it because, you know, he's not if not a, a purist when it comes to design and uh, functional reform and things like got there. But it is strange looking. You kind of look at it and it reminds you, you know, if you have any children in your house of Hot Wheels cars, you know, <laughs> like something that, you know, stuck a big turbine in the back of it and make it look like a, a rocket or a jet. Gordon Murray has a, very randomly, has, I believe, an Alpine A110 as his daily he driver. He does, yeah. He, he really champions lightness in cars. Uh, I think he he's not a fan of modern cars. He thinks, you know, if he took him out in McLaren, he'd probably say it's too heavy and same for Ferraris. Uh, McLaren F1 was famously quite light for all the, you know, the engineering that went on it. And as I, as I mentioned, this one now, which is kind of the spiritual successor to the F1, is a bit later again. I think it's probably the guts of like having two passengers removed mm-hmm. from the F one. It's brought it down that kind of weight. Unbelievable. I, I I don't think I've seen many Alpines over here at all. Maybe one or two. No, well, that's that's just why I mentioned that because they're they're also car that they kept quite light, and mm-hmm. um, I think that was one of their, their main aims in their development. And he uh, he did an interview a couple of years ago, which I read. With, he was speaking about Alpine, and he was a huge fan of it. Alpine. The Alpine factory, I think, is it's in Dieppe, isn't it, where they build yeah. Renault, the Renault Sport cars as mm-hmm. well. 
is is Renault Sport is it no more? I think that the Probably French no. rules have sort of killed Renault Sport. Probably a bit, but I think they also lost their way. You know, if you think back when they had the Clio, um, the one seven two, the one eight two, the the Megane R, which was the, the track focused Megane. The R twenty six R, yeah. And then they brought out the Clio two hundred, and then when they brought out the new ship Clio, which had the DCT gearbox, yeah. the five door, it just wasn't well received. That seemed to have lost the magic somehow. Although some of those new, all those new hot RS Megans, like they brought out the one with the the carbon wheels and all the rest yeah. in the last few wheels. So like some of those cars, okay, the carbon wheel car was was a wee bit ridiculous. It was like seventy grand or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the trophy version of it was absolutely in, yeah. in, incredible. It, it's a real shame to see those cars die away. I th- I think they've just been legislated out of existence. Yeah, in France. And Renault have quite like they've quite a long history. If you remember back to the the Clio's that we looked at, the sixteen valves and the Williams, they were all great yep. driving cars. Um, and there was always a, a Peugeot alternative to it, you know, which yeah. kind of d- they disappeared off the rear there too. Yeah. As far as performance cars go, and performance hatches, but it'd be nice to see some kind of lightweight Renault hatchback. You know, I think Renault, out of all the manufacturers, would have been the ones that would have brought out something like what your GR Yaris is. But yeah, never did. Never did. I know. Yeah. I know the, the Yaris is a real a real uh, it was kind of a, a left field thing from Toyota that no one was expecting. Anyway, tell me about this new Range Rover you were ranting and raving about it earlier on. I know you've had a few in the family. Yeah, uh they've a new model coming out. So literally just the news was released today of the new model. It's the fifth generation. Um it's gonna come out I think next spring. So they're uh they've been out since nineteen seventy. Although they've only made five generations, so um, I think the first few generations lasted for for decades. Yeah, uh, sold one point two five million Range Rovers, believe it or not, since nineteen seventy. Unbelievable. Uh, very loyal fan base. Apparently, three out of four owners repeat buy. So um, obviously, know what they like, and it is you know if you know when owner for Range Rover, uh, as I do, they do tend to go back to them. I think they're, they're quite a unique thing there, you know. Whereas some people might buy Volvos or be a bit other type of SUVs and jump between brands. But Range Rovers seem to attract a certain kind of fan base that sticks with them. Have you seen John Peden's uh, yeah. two-door one out that was uh, in yeah, the, was the car years? Absolutely uh, incredible. I'm just looking at the... Not the, too many of those around no, back in their day. I'm just looking at the pictures of this new new uh, beast here uh, now. And they, and they are an ostentatious monster of a car, aren't They're they? They're a big yoke, aren't they? We'll, 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 we'll post some pictures of this in, yeah. the, in, the, in the show notes. Doesn't um, look, doesn't look a million miles different from the old car, but okay. The front end it looks kind of similar, but um, me the, the the back, the arse of it looks a bit weird. I don't know what what's yeah, called, what is it? It's it's evolution, definitely not revolution. It's uh, very similar all around, but they've definitely changed a few things at the back. Um, they've got this kind of new uh, line running across the bit and fin strips for the whites, which are quite different to what's come before. So I think might probably may, might be their hardest sell of the new model. Really, is just getting that across. Uh, they've also removed all evidence of any exhaust pipes. The the rear light cluster looks like the thickness of electrical tape, yeah. and it looks like there's something missing. I suppose this is flipping with maybe all these EVs to think with this weird design language that's going on at the moment. This is a thing, and I think you know, as it just mentioned, the exhausts have disappeared too. Even though like there are going to be uh, diesel and petrol versions and all there, but I think this is probably just. Uh, an example now of car manufacturers starting to get people accustomed to uh, not seeing exhaust pipes in cars and getting them used to these types of styling changes. Is there? Uh, are they doing a full EV one or? 
Uh, there will be down the wind for now. I think uh, there's a 300 brake diesel. There's a, a 523 horsepower twin turbo V8 petrol, which sounds interesting. It won't be bad to SVR because I don't think they ever had an SVR in the uh, the range top and Range Rover. But if there's a Range Rover Sport down the line, there probably will be a version. I never had an SVR in, yeah, a, in, a, in what they call mm-hmm. the full fat. No, no. Although they, they did have powerful engines, but they were never bad as SVRs. And there will be a hybrid version. Uh, probably a few uh, iterations amongst them as well. Just but, uh, there's lots of new interior features, the new model, so it may not look hugely different from the outside, but uh, certainly a lot of new tech in there. The dash is quite different. They've gone down the full kind of tether rate of having a massive uh, iPad-like tablet stuck in the middle of the dash. Just looking at the pictures of it here. And a, this a fl- floating screen, as they call it. Floating screen. What Which What is the deal with this? We'll just get a large screen and just yeah. slap it on the dash. I, I like them integrated, as I mentioned. I always do. I prefer them sort of built into the dash. I think it's neater. And they always look like they're kind of stuck on or you expect them to slide away like the, the Audi ones that used to pop out of the dash which are always kind of a neat solution. I'm just looking at the picture of the of, of the dash here and something that you definitely notice it about in a, a Model 3 but uh, in the Ionic 5 as well you know quite a low bu- button count but if you have these sort of haptic or screen buttons to control things as well that can be a pain in the ass because you can't really feel about for it when you're that's the thing, yeah, it's taking your eyes off the road trying to find it, you know, at least until you become so familiar, you don't have to look, but it's a common complaint nowadays that they're uh, taking away physical buttons is maybe not a good thing. And like the Ionic 5, a uh, two-spoke steering wheel. Yep. Interesting. It's quite nice looking in there, though, I have to say. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of tech. They've, they've really um, focused on comfort, I think, uh, reducing noise. The noise is down something like 24% overall. And uh, to to do this, aside from the, the, the physical things of all the um, interior carpets and all that, they are soaking up the noise. They've actually put in 35 internal speakers, which sounds a bit over the top, but these are noise-canceling speakers. Unbelievable. So uh, other than that, just lots of new tech, lots of updates. Um, it's all set up for 5G. It'll update all its software systems wirelessly as you're driving along download all the updates in the background and <laughs> JLR it'll, it'll, it'll break itself down all by, <laughs> by itself if, if, if it can get a, a bad update it will and hopefully ring for help itself when it does happen Th- those things will sell like hotcakes even though they are um, an, op- an absolute brute to a certain type of um, type of owner oh look the door handles come out like the uh, have you seen the uh, the Velar, or the Velar, the whatever Velar, I think it is, yeah. yeah, yeah they, they're integrated. And yeah, they, they sort of slide out, out, slide out towards you. Yeah. Okay, the Range Rover have a, they have a, a one in front of over there, and they're sticking with it, obviously. They're not trying to change too much. And um, as you say, I'm sure it'll, it'll sell loads and loads and loads. Absolutely. Just, it's just a hope that they are Jaguar, just, or Jaguar Land Rover, sorry, that group, you know, they just have these uh, reliability issues, but they definitely make very desirable um, looking cars. Yeah. Uh, I know you haven't seen this, but I have the new Bond, No Time to Die. I haven't seen it, so if you tell me how it ends, or anything no. spoilerish, I will murder you. This, uh, spoiler free, well, the, the Defender now, it was brand new when they were filming it, but the film's been held back so long now that they're not that new because they're out already. But was it two years when it was held back? Yeah, so the Defenders before, I think they had some pre-prod cars, that mm-hmm. pre-production cars that were used for, um, for the filming, so there's a big sort of... Uh, forestry sequence where there's a whole big chase scene and the there's uh, the new defenders are chasing I think they're chasing like old uh, land cruiser is it the land cruiser Prado you call it uh, which is you know sort of like a 80s or 90s uh, 
Land Cruiser and, and these, and these and get, the baddies are chasing the per movie rules are they're, the old ones probably faster than the new ones yeah 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 exactly like a so, resto mod or something exactly it's like the uh, it's like the Renault 4s chasing the uh, 2CV from uh, for your eyes only not that I'm a Bond buff or nothing or like that the bond, what was uh, was it not uh, Quantum of Solace wasn't it there was a, an Alfa Romeo chasing an Aston Martin Yes, the and Alpha he, Chase at the start is, a, yeah, is epic. And he, he, the Aston couldn't pull away from it. Yeah. It, uh, not sure, it's movies. Healthy, um, but if we've, if we've uh, covered everything we have in the new range, I'm gonna, I know you haven't seen the film, but I'm going to talk to you about some of the cars that are on it. Okay, go for it. So if you're listening and you haven't seen No Time to Die, go and see it just for the cars. It's a good film. It's quite long. It's nearly, like, nearly three hours. Uh, Jason Barlow did a bit with that, didn't he? He was involved in it. Jason Barlow... I remember him talking about this during the, when we had him on the podcast. ...has written a brilliant Bond Cars book. So I bought it before he um, came on the podcast, but I've been reading away at it. That's just... The detail in it is just absolutely epic. And, and how can you not love, love Bond Cars? Lotuses and Astons and, and all the rest. It's just absolutely awesome. But this particular film has loads of cool cars in it. Obviously, it has the DB5 which has been in Skyfall and Goldfinger and, yeah, and everything. Stable. Yeah, so uh, it, it's the one that you've seen. Um, I don't know if you've seen Mark Webber driving it. It has the E46 M3 engine in it. Ooh, so that's, that. No, that's what they, they put in it for that's the stunt cars. Yeah, so it's uh, it's super slidey. So there's uh, loads of videos going about of Jarno's getting the, yeah. the sliding about it, which, which makes it all uh, epically cool, especially when there's machine guns popping out of the uh, mm-hmm. front headlights. They have uh, the the 80s Aston Martin. I think they, this model of Aston Martin came out in the late 70s, and I'm not too sure what version it is, but it's like the V8. And it was in the Living Daylights with Timothy Dalton and stuff like that. There's mm-hmm. the one which had, I think, the fog lights in the front of it. It's in this film. Advantage? Yes, V8 Advantage. Advantage. Yeah, yeah, the original V8 Advantage. So so it's like a B-Reg one. So mm-hmm. I, what's, what's B, mid-80s? Something like that, yeah, around mid-80s. Uh, Living Daylights was 87, I think. DBS is on it. Um, the uh, Range Rovers are in it. There's the Range Rover Sport. There's the the Defenders. There's the the Land Cruiser. Uh, actually, I think is it in Q's lair. I'm giving a wee bit away here, but uh, in the background is the Aston Martin Valhalla. You know the mm. this uh, uh, epic uh, supercar. Yeah, that's an ethical one that they're they're going to release yeah exactly so so it's hiding in the background there's also some uh, older Maserati Quattroportis you know like early yeah. 2000s ones and they're just like they're like a standard Bond body destroyed in the background type yeah, uh, disposable yeah disposable <laughs> can you hang this machine gun out of the back of it I think it's a, it's a criteria for a body Bond car it has to be like a four door saloon like uh, was it in where's Bond gets the coupe yeah, Bond gets Bond gets the sexy coupe and the sexy yeah. lady. The bodies get well, a quarter mm-hmm. party is quite nice, but okay, maybe mid two thousands isn't that nice or anymore. Also an SUV, a black SUV of some kind. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Like that's more that's more modern. Not like a was it the Cortina or something like that in the Spy Who Loved Me that was chasing the Lotus. It just wasn't as cool looking. It's the same in all films, isn't it? Even in America, they're, all, they're always driving them. Uh, what do you call them? Massive American SUVs. They all drive. You mean uh, an Escalade, a, the big carry? Yeah. For the drive-by uh, shooting, I've got ninety-nine problems. I had to go and look that up. <laughs> but and fuel consumption is is all ninety-nine of those problems. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, all those all those cars were cool. Uh, Bond cars are amazing. Like you just you could just sit and read that about that. Uh, What's your personal favorite? Oh, don't ask me that. 
I always loved the Lotus because f- for your eyes only or mm-hmm. uh, the Spy Who Loved Me, some of my favourite films, even though they're super cheesy. But there's something about the uh, the Esprit being thrown about um, on those country roads in Sardinia or whatever it is. It's just absolutely epic. Aston Love as well. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've looked in the Auto Trader at uh, how much is a 05 V8 Vantage or something <laughs> like course, that there. Yeah. And in fact, they are. With machine guns. Yeah, but like a, a Vantage now, like a, a 4.3 V8. They were nearly as cheap as 22, 23 grand, even those are about 30 grand at the moment. They were down there, yeah, and they've popped back up a bit, but, you know, it's it's the ownership bills, I think, it would terrify you with those kind of cars, but... I think the clutch is the biggest of, issue with those, yeah. but because they're like a, trans, a transaxle box or something on those things, mm-hmm. but... Uh, but a lot of car for the money, nonetheless. Yeah. I think, like, on that topic, maybe in a future podcast, it'd be nice to do a kind of our own free list of... If you bought this car new at 60 grand, here's what you could buy secondhand as an alternative. You know, um, there's a lot to be said probably for buying an Aston at 30 grand. And yeah. you're getting out so much car for the money, but it's it's not brand new, but you can live with that because of what you're getting. It's, I wonder was the when the Vantage came out, was because it, it, it always looked awesome ever since uh, it was launched in, what was it, 05 or 06? It still do. And yeah, it's just, it's just totally timeless out of the mm. door. A, a, a great um, and they just got it right by one but uh, although the new one I, I don't know if there's as much love for the new one is it the fact that they've used the AMG 4 litre V8 twin turbo in it is it the styling I don't know So I, I like the new one and you know they're really distinctive from the rear uh, there was always something about the front of it looked unfinished but around the, the bottom of the bumper just where the Valance normally would sit it's just something not quite right there doesn't gel right with me, but uh, other than that, still, still stunning all around. What's your favorite Bond car? Probably a left field choice. I'm not going to go with Aston Martin. I do love the DB5 and I, the DBS I, and all the ones he has. I am going to predict. Go for it. It's going to be the uh, the Toyota GT2000 out of. Uh, nope. You only live twice. No. Nope. Nope. The Z8 BMW. <sighs> the Z8 with the M5 engine on yeah, it. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one that gets cut in half. Sadly, yes. <laughs> I've I've always been a massive fan of them just ever since I first saw one. I just I, I love AC Cobras. I love that kind of roadster yeah look from the sixties, and that's just what they have. And then they put on an M five B forty nine engine, yeah. four hundred horsepower. Uh, they weren't actually well received when they came out, but they seem to have aged really well. And guys are driving them now and saying, you know, I can't believe like I reviewed this badly. Yeah. In fact, um, Harry's Garage had one on a few weeks back. If you want to go and watch the episode, and even he he loves it. Yeah, and then that's himself that he probably didn't love it back in the day, you know. But um, something about them, they, they just were really different, and it's a shame they were never brought out left hand drive. You couldn't buy one. Well, you couldn't UK. buy a right hand drive one. Oh. They're only sold really in Europe, left left hookers. So if, even if you wanted to go and buy one now, it would be a left a left hooker that you bring over. But oh. stunning cars and really really nice inside and. Probably slightly ahead of their time. If you look at the the dash and the way they're finished inside, they a bangle design car, were they? Yeah, yeah. So the bangle area with the E sixty five series and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and quite slim LED like lights in the rear and things like that. There, all these little design touches that you're starting to see in cars that are being released nowadays. You know, so they're probably coming back in the fashion in some shape or form. But they've never really gone down price. They've always sat around a hundred grand. It's unbelievable. You know, and held their value as well. So, so well, something very uh, along those lines, that I think is has aged well but it's quite good value now it's the Z4 like I said 4 coupe not not even in a, a which generation oh like the, the Vangle one or the 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 uh, automatic riff one that came out after it oh I'm not too sure the difference here now you've just pulled right, up so the, the, Z8. the, Z, the Z8, Z8 which we'll put in the show notes and actually they are 
They are stunning. I'll come back to Z8 in a minute. So, so yes, there's... Uh, right, so so I, that's the post-Bangle model. Okay, so that's the, the E89. 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 I quite, I quite like the E89. I think it's, I think it's a very smart-looking... Um, and then the Chris Bangle version would have been the one before that, which you would have had the... Um, that's not there, so I'm still trying to find it. There was like a, a Z4M version of it, remember? Yes. Cutter had one? Yes. Is that the one you're talking with, about? With the, you can get the, the M Coupe Red Van. Yeah, Those are the, the Bangle, and, the, and it was just really a facelift. But they are quite similar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you can buy like a coupe, which isn't an... So you can buy a coupe, which isn't an M coupe. Yeah, you get the... There's a 3-litre I. 3-litre SI which or something like that. roughly 254 brake or something. Sort of like a 3030i yeah. club sport type engine on it yeah, or something like still, that. You know, they're, they're not slow by any means. I think you can pick one of them for six or seven grand. I th- and I think they great, are... Great looking car. A smart, a smart looking... Okay, it's a, it's a two-door... A two-door roadster. Visually, it looks no different to the Z4AM. You know, it has a, a lot of punch. So you could buy like that one there in the photo, which we'll, we'll drop in the show notes. <coughs> buy a nice kind of fresh-looking red one like that. Uh, set of CSL wheels, and it's a great-looking car for the money. Funny you mentioned Harry's Garage. So when I was over in uh, the Cotswolds uh, last week... Oh, you were near him, weren't you? Yeah, I was about... I'll call in and introduce yourself. 10 or 15 minutes from... Uh, I'm, I'm sure I would. I wouldn't have the balls to introduce myself. Even if I did, he'd be like, and, and who are you? Get off my land. <laughs> but... uh oh, shotgun, uh, Yeah, so uh, as normally when you see Carrie do a test, he drives through this beautiful wee village of Burford, and we were only about 10 minutes, yeah. 15 minutes from there. So we were in there quite a lot. So I sort of saw all the roads around which he does all his road testing. And then... Uh, is that famous kind of there's a crossroads that sits on that yeah road. yeah he always, always kind of guns it away from there when yeah, it yeah, yeah. so yeah. so so I, I saw that and then um, also actually very near to him is uh, Clarkson so I went to Diddley Squat the oh, the Clarkson's farm shop yeah see the man himself no, no I didn't didn't see him now I didn't actually buy anything from the farm shop either <laughs> and, and so uh, fuck you Clarkson you're not getting my money yeah yeah but um, slightly off topic have you seen Clarkson's farm I still haven't. It's on. It's on. I, have a, I have a long list of things I want to watch. It just is time. a fantastic show. Yes, it's not about cars, but it is Clarkson out of his comfort zone, yeah. and he is he's hilarious and very watchable. And um, it's been it's been hugely successful. He's doing another series of it, but it is a far more watchable show yeah. than the Grand Tour has been the last couple of series because they've, no, they've been, must give it a go. They've been pretty poor, but no, the the show's really good, and we were up. Up, um, up, Chadlington and Chipping Norton and all those sorts of lovely areas for walks and things up round uh, his neck of the woods, yeah, you know, yeah. which you which you see in the show as well. And in fact, he runs around his farm in like an O seven uh, Range Rover as well. His, yeah. I'm sorry, I have his name down for a new one. The farm wagon, highly affordable. The man at Clarkson. Yeah, yeah. We should see the money he spends on farm equipment. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Harry Metcalf has his own YouTube channel as well on, uh, is it called Harry's Farm just? Oh, about this, this farming rather uh, his than farm, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a whole... Or uh, he gets the time to do any farming when he's reviewing cars. I don't know, yeah, yeah I know. I know the stuff. And then Richard Hammond starting his own TV show as well, is it, on Discovery? And I'm trying to think what it's how, called. How to Crash Supercars? Yeah, so I think Richard Hammond's new show. It's called The Smallest Cog. And Is that Hammond? Yeah, Hammond. 
for and it's going to be shown on Discovery Plus UK. I don't know when it's starting. We'll just keep an eye out. We'll post a link in the show notes. But he had sold off a pile of his classic stuff. Funny, what you put up in my head was Harry's Garage. Mm-hmm. Because Harry, I think, presented the Silverstone auction. Or he certainly did a show on Harry's Garage. And, and it was all Richard yeah. Hammond's cars were there. Some really class stuff at it. And I just looked it up there whilst we're talking about it. So a 1969 Porsche 911T. This is Hammond's cars. A 99 Esprit Sport. Now, that was a Sport 350. One of the V8 twin turbo ones. One of the last cars. Yeah. I remember seeing about it before. So super rare Lotus. And a 1927 Sunbeam Model 2. So he has to he has to clear all this stuff. Or he, got, he sold all that stuff to open the business. So he has put in... A huge amount of uh, money behind it, so I hope it goes well for him. I hope it goes as well as Clarkson's um, Amazon show has, because I think Hammond did the uh, another series. Was it called Survivors or the Survivor or something like that? And Amazon, and I think it was a pile of steaming horseshit. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, I saw something about it one day, and it, it just didn't jump out at me. And just just to tie it all off, whereas James May's been doing okay with you know our man in Japan and the, his cooking show and and uh, stuff like that. There, yeah, there's yeah. there's the hamsters, uh, classic cars and bikes. There, there's the, the not a bad looking notice. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking, isn't it? Um, and then the the nine eleven is just absolutely uh, beautiful. But uh, yeah, I hope I hope he does uh, well because I, I quite like Richard. He's uh, yeah, he always, he always came across as a, a very genuine guy. Yeah, totally. So, uh, so we'll see. But that's a good episode of Harry's Guys. I think I'll just put that ep- that link in the sh- in the show notes mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I tell you what, though, I'm looking forward to going to the NEC. I'm gonna miss. I really want to go to one of Johnny Smith's uh, late break show live tours. I'm gonna miss the November one, which I'm gutted about. Uh, I think there's a track day coming up at Kirkuson on the seventh of November, so that's in a couple of weeks' time. That's worth going to. But we're now getting into the um, the gloaming, wintry season now, where where things are getting a bit quieter in the in the yeah, old uh, events side of things. The roads are getting wet and muddy, and people just aren't as uh, inspired to take their motors out and get them filthy, and go out in the cold and wet. But but equally, uh, it makes the cars and coffee days more enjoyable. You're nice right. Steaming hot mug of coffee on a cold Sunday morning. You're right. Abs- absolutely. There's a there's a couple of cars and coffees coming up, but uh, depending on when this podcast might will be out of date, so. Keep an eye on the news and events section on RMS. But as far as the podcast goes, we're we're man down. But but do you know what? The show goes on, and uh, we'll come back to you with uh, another exciting and random and wonderful guest. Uh, if you didn't hear it, that Bob Flavin was brilliant. Chris Gray was brilliant. Jason Barr was brilliant. Uh, Chris Suter was brilliant. We've, we've, had, we've been very lucky. Our guests have been very, very good so far. Yeah, I, I, I unfortunately didn't. I didn't get to be on the Bob Flavin episode. I missed it. Uh, no. So uh, I've yet to listen to it as well. As oh, you'll enjoy it. It's a, it's a, it's a good show now. And we'll, we'll, we'll get someone lined up for next time. And, uh, and in the meantime, we'll be on, on the, on the secret I mean, squirrel really, hunt if, for somewhere else. Someone else. If anyone on the forum has any suggestions for guests, it'd be good to hear them. And. Uh, can't say we can put our, our celebrity powers to good use, but we'll certainly try and ask around and see if we can get anyone on. I've I've been asking. There's there's some people who have said absolutely yes. I would love to be on the show straight away. There's mm-hmm. there's there's a couple of people I shot shot high for in the uh, the grand celebrity world, and I haven't had any response back yet. But but it could happen. Uh, 
it could happen yet, which would be exciting. But in the meantime, get on the forum, rmsmotoring.com, and ask us some questions. Get us on the socials and ask us questions as well. We're everywhere at RMS Motoring. And the other thing is, if you're enjoying the podcast, please like and subscribe and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts because apparently that's a good thing to do. And uh, please go on and give Rocco some abuse for being a big fan of leaving. (laughs) Absolutely. Man down. And remember, there's no warranty. This was sold to sing. (laughs) 